0: So I know when the podcast started, so after coming off that 10 night, at what point were you guys like, we love this crew so much, let's find other crazy people like us and invite them into our homes for an interview one day. Like at what point did a podcast sound like a good idea? to this week's episode of the DCL Duo, brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. Today, well, today is a different voice because I'm not Brian or Sam, I'm Josh the DCL duo villain. That's because of my disdain for the black truffle presets. But today's a big episode because we are turning the tables on Brian and Sam and interviewing them for a chance to get the origin story. So first, Brian, Sam, would you mind introducing uh, your listeners to yourselves for a minute? <laughs> and uh, you've only been on the show 300 and some episodes by at this point. So Hey, everybody, it's Brian.
1: Hey, everyone, it's Sam.
0: (laughs) And there's a a tiny bit of discomfort because they're used to being, you know, in the driver's seat and here they're they're turning it over to somebody that they barely trust to see how this is going to (laughs) go down.
2: We would not have asked you, Josh, if we didn't trust you. But I will say most of my job as the producer of this show is cutting us out of the show. Like I do more edits to remove us from the show to put the guests forward. So this is extraordinarily discomforting
0: <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. And I think for a lot of the listeners, I mean, like me, I'm a listener first and genuinely a fan of your content and the guests you bring on. And I know as I get used to a creator, I start to wonder, why are they still doing this so faithfully, knowing that you guys aren't making money probably from the show, the net profit is negative. Um, You have full time jobs, you have lives, and yet you share this love of something we all love, Disney Cruise Line and cruising. And so the hope is to get to the really the root, the origin story of how did the show come about? How do we help you sustain and buy lots of Topo Chico and concierge upgrades <laughs> to keep it going. <laughs> so let's let's jump in to the true origin of origins. Where did you two first meet? How did your love story begin? Because if you two didn't fall in love, we wouldn't have the love of this podcast. So where, where did you guys meet?
1: We met at Georgetown Law School. Um, we met we were in the same first year section. Uh, for those who haven't been to law school, first year section means in your first year of law school, the group of students that you have basically every class with, so about 120 students for us at Georgetown. Uh, we were in the same section. We were dating other people. So our first year of law school, we knew each other um, as like a maybe, maybe sort of acquaintances, but not even really more than that. Um, and we started dating our second year of law school after being in a study group for evidence. So, you know, that's our love story, evidence. I <laughs> object. <laughs> now,
0: now, everybody, when, when you talk about relationships, it's always like at first blush, when you like literally when you first saw each other, what was your view of each other? I mean, obviously you didn't fall in love because you didn't drop the relationships you were in for each other. What'd you think of each other? Brian, you start.
2: So I was somewhat acquainted with a friend of Sam's who she sat with in all of our classes, basically. Um, And I would say my first impression of Sam and her friend were frankly, will these people please stop talking all the time in class? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a very quiet, understated, introverted person. And actually my best friend in law school and I had this entire goal of just being those guys. Like we just wanted to be, we'd walk by and people be like, oh, it's those guys, right? Like don't need to know our names don't need to know anything about us it's just those guys they seem like solid guys right so that was our goal and uh i so i sat in front of sam
0: for many classes and i was like please stop talking so anyway so, Brian, you're sitting in front of Sam, wishing she would shut her mouth a little more. <laughs> Sam, you're, He
1: still wishes that, by
0: the way. <laughs> you're seeing this guy with just a great hairstyle, looking at the back of his hair, seeing how often he gets a haircut. What are you thinking about Brian?
1: Honestly, like, he, he wasn't really on my radar in our first year of law school. Um, I knew who he was, but he was, like, one of the two or three guys who stood out in between classes smoking.
2: Those
0: guys.
1: Those guys. <laughs> no. They
0: were those. We're getting we're getting into the weeds now. We know, we know about <laughs> Brian's history. Okay, so you guys know each other through your first year of law school, and then you're in evidence together, and the evidence is starting to show you might like each other. I mean, how did <laughs> how did you first interact? On a level of let's let's try this out. So I was having a
2: party at my house with my roommates. Those guys were having a party. Those guys. guys, Those (laughs) Those guys. And and, uh, yeah, so we were having a party at our place and there was a guy in our we had a study group. So in law school, you will frequently form small groups of people and everyone will be responsible for a class and you all come together and study together. And so Sam and I were in the same study group, along with a friend of mine who, spoiler alert, ended up being the officiant at our wedding. But uh, Jason was very concerned for my social well being and decided that I really needed to date somebody. And so uh, he decided, he announced to me that he was bringing two people to my party. And I really just needed to pick one and ask them out on a date. One of them was Sam. One of them was his sister at the time. And uh, Sam went out at the party. So uh, <laughs> we met at the party. We conversed. We ended up, the party ended up moving to a bar really near our house. And Sam and I were playing pool. And my roommates decided to scatter the rest of the group out of the the pool hall. And I think at one point seven hour Sam and I were playing, we we're like, where did everybody go? And they, yeah. they kind of left us to our own devices. And that was, I think, was the point in time when I said, maybe we should go grab dinner sometime. And Sam said, yes. And the rest is somewhat
0: history. So it's it's good to know like your friend like set up like, hey, you, you got to pick one of these two girls. I'm happy to hear Sam was your first choice, then not your second choice. <laughs> Sam, did you did you go to this party knowing you were going to be in a bachelor competition and he's going to give a rose at slash play pool with the winner? Like, what were you thinking?
1: I had no idea that I was vying for Brian's single rose that night. I just thought I was going to hang out with some friends from law school, like this other friend that that officiated our wedding, Jason, was a close friend of both of ours. He was probably the only reason we ended up in that study group together was because of the connection that we both had with Jason. And so, yeah, I had no idea that I was being set up at the time I had come out of kind of a long term relationship a couple months prior. And I was not at that point really interested in dating someone who wasn't Jewish. And spoiler, Brian is not Jewish. Um, And so it was. Yeah, it was not at all on my radar at that time that Brian would be a potential person to date or that I was being set up with anybody. I had no idea.
2: And to be fair, the first date was a complete disaster (laughs) because I took Sam to what is now objectively the worst Italian restaurant I could have taken her. It was, in my opinion, a fine place to go because I'd eaten there many times. But Sam being a New Yorker was not up to her standards. And it was
1: Italian restaurant.
2: I apparently, even though my friends in college asked me to bequeath them my sweater collection. If I if I had an unexpected death in college, the sweater I wore was apparently ugly beyond belief and Sam wanted to light it on fire. And I think after we got together, the first chance she got is like, you getting rid of that we sweater. We did get rid
1: of that <laughs> sweater. Yeah, it was the ugliest sweater I think I've ever seen somebody wear on a date. Um, I might not be the ugliest sweater I've ever seen in my life, but...
0: I think like we know defining points in relationships is like when you meet your first date, the first time you admit the first date was terrible and here's all the things you need to fix (laughs) for this to work.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. And so His
1: wardrobe was one of the things that needed to be fixed and I am happy to say that I helped fix the wardrobe after we became a thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's pretty cool. And I mean, and your relationship is now, what, 20, almost 20 years later. Yeah, almost 20 years. It worked out. So I think it just, for for the listeners here who are like, maybe they're out of a relationship, just like find somebody (laughs) with a terrible sweater, go to the worst restaurant you can think of. If they'll make it through that, that. There you go.
1: You'll make it 20 years later and a podcast and a kid
2: later. You heard it here first, folks. I'll I'll tell you, my dad gave me one piece of advice I carried through with Sam, which was he said, if you find the girl you think you want to marry, drive across country with her. And we did it now. How many? Three times. times. Three times. Three times. And we survived. And I actually had to do all of the driving both directions. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Because
1: it was uh, he had a stick shift at the time. I drove, I think, for like an hour or two hours in the, some the middle of nowhere usa well,
2: less than that it was like perfect driving and i was like i just need to i need to just like take a break for a couple of hours can you drive i got her all lined up we got on the freeway storm
0: accident traffic
2: Trucks, backups i was it like was, it was like the the worst two hours of driving possible to
0: the point where i was like just forget it pull
2: over i'll take care of the driving
0: okay so you so you guys you guys meet uh i think it was what four years later you get married and so yeah or,
1: about four or
0: five. So before we talk about your cruising life together because that that's what the podcast is about is your cruising background. Um, I'm curious Brian we'll start with you because I know you've mentioned your parents were into cruising. I think you mentioned going on celebrity cruises. Um, tell us what was your origin story of cruising? when did you first start? what did you think about it w- you know where'd the love come from?
2: So I think we started cruising as a family with my, my parents and me. When I was late in college or early in law school, I think my parents had taken a couple of cruises and they really liked it. And so I started planning cruises for my holiday breaks when I would come home. And so we would cruise at like Christmas time. I don't think we cruised over the summer. It was all Caribbean cruising. In the beginning, uh, it was primarily on Celebrity and we did one cruise on like a super high-end line. I don't think it was Regent, but it was something along those lines. And uh even my dad decided on that cruise that like the cruising demographic on that ship was just way too skewed older for him. And uh, so he went back to Celebrity. And honestly, that was my introduction was going on cruises with my family. I thought cruising to use Emma's line was for old people. Like, I just, I looked at it and I was like, there's no one on this ship who's really my age. And, you know, at that point I'm in my, like, you know, my 20s. And I just, you know, fun to hang out with my parents. The food is good. Nice to be able to get a drink. Nice pool deck area. I can't even remember us doing shore excursions, to be perfectly honest. Like, I don't even remember what we did for shore excursions. You know, so it was a nice meal. It was a leisurely activity. And I'd sit by the pool and read the read a book, much like I do today. But it was not something that I was, like, necessarily super excited about beyond getting to spend time with my family.
0: Okay. But you weren't, you weren't necessarily opposed to. It wasn't like, I don't want to do this. It was just, I don't know if this is for me, right? I, I enjoyed
2: yeah. being at sea. I enjoyed being on a boat. I enjoy even to this day, relaxing vacations as opposed to like lots of stuff to do vacations. But yeah, it was like, I just don't think this is for me at this point in my life.
0: Yeah, and I think we all remember it's like life pre-cruising, right? Before we realized it was this great thing. And it's interesting to hear your experience going on cruises, but not necessarily loving it. So Sam Sam tell us where's your what's your cruising background? When did you get into cruising or go on your first cruise?
1: Yeah, so I had no experience cruising whatsoever when I was a kid, um not as a teenager, not until I met Brian. Like I had never been on a cruise in my life. Uh close friend of mine, her family would go on cruises like once or twice a year, I think on carnival, but that was my only like exposure was through my friend, not myself. Um, But we didn't go on a ton of vacations when I was a kid in general, but my parents were not at all interested in cruising. It was not on their radar. I also would get carsick. So I'm sure that they weren't thinking, oh, let's take Sam on a (laughs) boat. (laughs) Um, Probably they would have thought at the time, at least that I would have gotten you know seasick. Um, But yeah, it just wasn't something my parents were really interested in. We did take some Disney vacations when I was a kid, just a couple of times because it was quite expensive and that was what we could afford. But yeah, it was just not not a thing we did until 2008 I think was my first cruise on celebrity with Brian and his parents and, and then it we, was a
2: we went she experienced the pinnacle to start because we did two cruises together with my family Panama Canal did a Panama Canal cruise for 14 nights on celebrity that went down the coast of South
0: was America that your first cruise that was my
1: first cruise
0: and were you worried about motion sickness?
1: You know, I wasn't that worried about it. I mean, I I had been on like ferry boats and stuff. I don't, I get motion sick on small boats and- Key, and if I try to read in the car, I get sick, but I did never had a problem with like a ferry boat. So I didn't really think that a cruise ship was going to be that big of a deal, but I did bring Dramamine with me just in case. And there was actually one day that I needed the Dramamine. Um, but yeah, we did Panama Canal. That was a two week cruise. And then two years later, we did a Hawaii cruise with San Diego to Hawaii and Um So that was another two week cruise. So my first two cruises were like a 13 night and
0: a 14 night. Which is like the exact opposite of what? You guys and people. most people advise yeah. is like yeah. do a Absolutely. three or four night or do a seven night, right? Yeah. So, do you so you didn't grow up cruising, and Brian, I'm curious for you too, like. Did you guys have any negative or positive thoughts about cruising? You know, you kind of said you didn't really after you cruise your first time. Sam, did you before you guys went?
1: Honestly, it, it seemed like it would be a fun type of vacation, but I didn't really have any like basis of knowledge like I had never. It, it was just not a thing that was on our, our family's radar. So I, I thought it sounded fun because you got to eat however much you wanted. Right. And you got to leave your stuff in the same room and not have to pack it up when you move from place to place. But I am actually more of an active vacationer in the sense that I like to go and do um, everything, a million things, go see the sites, all of that. I am not, or at least was, was not at the time, like someone who thought, oh, I'm gonna go and relax and sit by the pool for my entire vacation. So spoiler alert, the thing I love about cruising is that you can do both. You can have both personalities and still cruise and enjoy it.
2: See, and I grew up. So we did go to Disney a few times when I was a kid because my mom loved going to Disney mm-hmm. at Christmas time, and so we would go down at Christmas time. But th- this was like pre if MGM Studios existed or you know whatever they called it originally. We didn't go to it. It was Epcot and Magic Kingdom and Monorail Resorts, and that was that was it. And I grew up with my going on vacation with my parents, and they would literally just get up in the morning, relocate to the pool. They had a back set and a book and they'd have some drinks and take a nap. And then we'd all go to dinner. So like I grew up like that was vacationing was you sit by the pool and you read a book and you just relax and you unwind. So and my mom started cruising, actually, uh, from an origin standpoint here, my mom started taking my dad on cruises or getting my dad to do cruises because he would not unplug when he went on vacation, or he started not unplugging when he went on vacation. So you know, he's coming up in the rise of email and all this, you know, stuff. And so he started doing phone calls and all of this stuff. And so she got him on a cruise ship the first time so that he had he's like no reception no way to really stay connected and of course i think four cruises later he got himself a satellite phone he was standing out on the balcony taking calls and complaining about the line of sight and all this sort of stuff so it didn't work for him, but uh that's why they got into cruising to begin with, which is
0: to be totally unplugged. And that and that's when you know somebody has a problem where <laughs> right. they are too addicted <laughs> right. to technology. It's a work
1: problem, not a cruising problem. Yeah.
0: And and the reason I asked that question for the listeners too is because we all know people who have not experienced cruising. We were all, you know, our life pre cruise and then now post cruising. And uh, you know, for a lot of us, you just don't think about it or you're not sure. So you guys go on these Panama Canal cruises a couple and then the Hawaii cruise at what point did something click where you kind of both are looking at each other going we we kind of like this and want to do it ourselves i don't think anything
2: clicked until so my 40th birthday i basically said look for each of our 40th birthdays we will take one amazing trip right and So I said, for my trip, because I'm older than Sam for everyone out there, I said, for my trip, I'd like to try a cruise. And Sam has a friend who had worked at Disney, then had worked at another cruise line uh, and is still working in the cruising industry. And I called him up and I said, I want to take a cruise. Who should we sail with? And I will say... And this
1: was when... We already had Nathan, but the plan was this was going to be an adults only trip.
2: And so he said, Disney, hands down, you cruise Disney Cruise Line. That's who I cruise. And I was like, well, I mean, we're not bringing our son. And he said, you know, well, I don't have kids. I sail Disney Cruise Line. Right. So he said, all right, we'll do it. And so he decided to come with his partner, uh, two other friends of ours who live in the area decided to join us. We had this like little group of six getting on the Disney fantasy, doing a seven night Eastern Caribbean in January of 2008. 18 and we got on board. I was hooked from the minute they announced our family name and started clapping. And then our friend immediately, he had sailed Disney so many times, he immediately took us on a full ship tour, like yeah. showed us every space, where everything was, got us all oriented. I mean, it was like a 90 minute whirlwind tour. I was totally hooked after that. I was like, wow, these aren't the cruise ships I sailed on with celebrity. So
0: now, before we get on to that fantasy cruise, because I have a lot of questions about that, you know. Most people, when I I say I enjoy Disney cruising, right, I have background in Disney parks. A lot of people do. You guys both said you traveled a bit to Disney parks, to Disney World growing up. Did you guys love Disney at that point? Or was it still, I kind of like it, it'll be great for Nathan once he gets maybe a little older. What What was your view on Disney?
1: I always loved Disney. I have been a Disney fan since I was a kid. Watched all the Disney movies. You know, growing up, in, I'm born in 1980, that tells you how old I am, but I You're was- You're 35,
0: sorry, keep yeah. going.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. No, but I, I, you know, Little Mermaid and Lion King and Aladdin, those all came out when I was a kid, right? And so, The the 90s that were the golden age of Disney in my mind, um, you know, there's been at times revitalizations or looks back to the golden age. But, yeah, it was just a time where Disney was very prevalent. And one of my best friends was a Disney fanatic, like more than me. And um, we would go for every movie that came out, we would go to our local movie theater On the day it opened, we'd try to go to the first showing if we could. Yeah, it was just a thing. It was like our tradition. And so I was definitely a huge Disney fan. I chose for my 16th birthday instead of having a sweet 16 party to take a trip to Walt Disney World. So that tells you like my level of love. I tried before we started cruising together in 2018, I had tried to get Brian to go on a trip. A parks trip. Like I had several times said, Hey, like, why don't we take a vacation? This was even before Nathan. Like, why don't we take a vacation and go to Disney World, right? Disneyland was less on my radar. I'd only been once when I was really young. And well,
2: I was like, what adults go to Disney? Yeah. Uh, and so and you
0: so you weren't the biggest Disney fan.
2: No, if it's so I I also in high school, I lived in Southern California. And so we used to go to Disneyland on the weekends on the SoCal rate. And yeah. you know, it was fun place to go hang out, but I sort of looked at it as like, this isn't a place that like adults go. This is a place for like kids and wayward teenagers, I suppose, who are unsupervised. And if her friend, frankly, if her friend had said, you know, the cruise line you should sail is Royal Caribbean, this might be the RCCL
0: Duo podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's hey, that's fascinating. So thank you to that friend. <laughs> so so you weren't sure, Sam, or Brian. Sam, you were saying, hey, let's do a Disney World trip. Brian, yeah. you were like, you had the stance that a lot of people have. That's for kids. That's for families. That's for uh, weird adults who can't grow up. I'm just talking about myself <laughs> right, here, right? Exactly. <laughs> So, so you, this Disney cruise, because of Sam's friend, was really your first introductory as a couple into the Disney world. Yeah. And I think the thing
2: so that we got hooked on Disney Cruise Line immediately. I was still not hooked on going to the parks. We visited. So the night before we got on the first cruise, we did like drink around the world at Epcot. It was a blast. But when we got off the cruise, we went to Universal. We didn't even go to a Disney park again uh, because Sam wanted to see Harry Potter Mm -hmm. World. And so it wasn't until we took so we planned to take Nathan on his like I viewed it as like his one and only trip to Disney World or maybe his like first of a few trips to Disney World.
1: (laughs) Little did he know.
2: Well, and we decided like at that point we had sort of planned we would do it. And then after we went on the cruise, it was like, well, let's couple a cruise with it. And so we did. And I think it was him at Disney World that got me a little bit more hooked in the parks experience because I think as we've said on the show a bunch of times, Nathan uh, has been diagnosed with autism. And at that point in his life, he was a real challenge for us. And we were really working hard with him to kind of get him into a normal state of affairs or a more normal state of affairs. But it wasn't an issue at the park. It felt like if he was having a total meltdown, it wasn't like being here in a shopping mall and everyone's like staring at you and judging you for being bad parents without understanding what's going on. There, it was just like, Like okay, that kid's having a meltdown, and then like cast members are coming or like, how can we help you today? How can we make your day more magical? How can we make his day more magical? Right? And I was like, this is like just a breath of fresh air. It like takes a lot of worry out of it. So like Disney became a place where we vacation more generally because it was a place where we felt like our son was accepted. They understood what was going on, uh, and we as parents could finally just take a collective kind of, all right, we're going to be okay. We're going to have fun, right? So.
0: That makes sense how your your love for Disney came out of your experience with Nathan, which is a lot of families. They see the joy in their their kids and it it overflows. Um, so before that trip though, so you 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 enter the fantasy, yeah, you, you enter the you know, the main hub. Brian hears, welcome. Brian and Sam from the DCL. No, that was before that. <laughs> no and he's duo. instantly like this. They said my name on a megaphone. I love this place. Sam, w- when did your love, and I'm half joking, but Sam, when did your love for Disney Cruise Line come, was it on that trip? Was it
1: afterward? It was on that trip for sure, but it wasn't the moment that Brian had. I mean, that moment is a nice moment. I do enjoy the introduction welcome flock family to the disney fantasy or the disney wish or the dream or whatever ship you're on um but it wasn't that moment that got me hooked it was more like the the whole experience right the level of service going to we went to remy on that trip the shows the show and then i exactly where i was going next the shows i was like i can see a broadway show like on a ship Like, how is that possible?
2: One thing I think that that cruise made that cruise special was we were cruising with friends. And I've always had a hard time on the cruises where we've gone with friends. We always have this like amazing time. And I believe it's sort of, it's the friendship factor. And so like having those friends on board, doing dinners together, having a lot of fun, it's a lot different than like when just the three of us go cruising. We still have a good time, but like the energy is different. And so I think we stepped off that ship going, how can we replicate The immediate reaction was, well, we need to go on another Disney cruise. It wasn't let's go on another vacation with these friends, which was interesting. So we almost immediately booked. I think we booked on board.
1: We did. We booked a placeholder. Back
2: when you could still book a specific cruise. Yeah, you
1: can oh yeah. We actually we bought the placeholder, but it was attached to a specific cruise, right? Like We just basically
2: purchased the cruise and got the placeholder benefits off of it at the time. It was another seven night Eastern Caribbean on the fantasy out of Fort Canaveral, but in the summertime.
1: But that was like the way, I think you're right. We linked it in our heads like this vacation was so good. It was Disney Cruise Line. You know, to be fair, yes, that's part of it. But part of it, of course, was sailing without our son with four other adults and having a really just great
2: time. Second cruise was just the two of us. Second cruise was just the two of us.
0: Was that another week long on the
1: fantasy? Another week week long on the fantasy,
2: yeah. And then...
1: We have a family that really loves us and is willing to watch our son. (laughs) No, they don't
0: love us. They love our son. Fair. So I would say that first cruise with friends, that's such a vivacious, really lively experience the second cruise just the two of you guys ha- i mean obviously that's a very different experience more you know intimate for you two in your relationship but it obviously it took right yeah. Like you enjoyed that just as much a different t- type of enjoyment
1: a different type of enjoy- enjoyment yeah just as much but in a different way well, right
2: we were also still in that moment in time where We needed breaks as parents because Nathan was very, very challenging younger. Now he's fantastic to be around 99.9% of the time, but we needed those breaks. We needed those moments to just like get away and get, and he, he would, do very well with other people watching him because he has this, he had this honeymoon period at the time where it's like oh it's grandma I can't get away with the same stuff with grandma that I might get away with mommy and daddy we would we needed the downtime I think actually that second cruise was like we had a parenting coach at the time slash therapist and sh- and we told her like oh thinking about doing this cruise we feel awful leaving Nathan behind again and and she was like I'm writing you a prescription for a vacation like, <laughs> yeah, you need to take a vacation True. I, l-
0: I like this therapist I would like yeah. this yeah, therapist <laughs> she's
1: wonderful we still listen we still we still work with her to this day on parents coaching and she's amazing so i mean i i, I think that's true it, it life has changed over the years with nathan but that there was a time and it was back then that was very very challenging for us as parents yeah
0: which is which is knowing probably a lot of your listeners are like myself with kids it is a good reminder and i would encourage the same thing you know with children who have some different special needs, with those who don't, it's a healthy thing for mom and dad to get away at times. And Disney Cruise Line, like like, there's no product placement here. We just love Disney Cruise Line. It's a great experience for parents a lot of times because it is kid oriented, and their adults' faces are maybe less tapped out than say a Celebrity Royal Caribbean. Somebody told me once that like, you have to maintain your own interests,
2: you have to maintain your own interests as a couple, and then you have to you know have a focus on your family, right? So it's like if all these three things aren't working the relationship gets a little problematic. I really try for Sam and I to have time together, just the two of us once a year on a vacation as much as we can. Now it's gotten a lot better with Nathan now because he'll go in the kids club. So we get more of that time, just the two of us when we're on vacation and can come together as a family. But I I just found it so important that like Sam and I need to have a thing we do together, like a podcast in order for us to carve out that time.
1: I think he kind of likes me.
0: Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. So, so we'll get to the podcast. But so the two, the two week longs out of Port Canaveral.
2: And then a third. And we did an 11 night Southern Caribbean. That wasn't
1: our third cruise. We sailed with Nathan before no, that. No,
2: no, 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 my dear. We did three cruises, just the two of us. And then we did an October sailing with Nathan because that Southern Caribbean was in July. Did the October sailing with Nathan and then as a test balloon and then we did a it was a january february cruise coupled with him going to disney world the first time
1: oh my goodness i forgot that i can't remember the order
0: Wow, so that that was kind of fast for the history. So, three cruises, just the two of you. The, so, the second one was on the fantasy, the seven night. Was the third one the fantasy, yes, but then the 11 third night? Southern on Caribbean one 11 night. It yeah. was it yeah. our favorites. Was it relocation or round trip? Round
1: trip out of Port Canaveral, but it went to different ports than the Eastern Caribbean that we had taken twice, basically had the same itinerary, whereas the Southern was a quite different itinerary, they with the exception repeated. of Castaway. They
2: haven't repeated that length of itinerary since we took it, they've, they've shortened it down to like nine nights, Four eight day. nights. Yeah. And were all three of those cruises in the same year, like 12-month period? Yeah, we did a 2018 cruise in January, then it was a 2018 cruise in July. And then we booked the Fantasy Sailing the
0: following July. So we had a year. And then when was your first cruise with Nathan? On what ship? What itinerary?
2: October on the Disney Wonder out of San Diego. And that would be October of
0: 2019. Teen, I'm fairly confident. Yes. Okay, which is a good timeline. So you go on the cruise out on the wonder. Was that a four night? Or was it a seven yeah, night? It was a four or five
1: night.
2: Given all the challenges we were having with Nathan and his age, we were like, let's before we put him on a seven-night fantasy cruise out of Port Canaveral, which is our favorite, let's figure out. I think it might have been just been three nights. It might have been four nights, but I it think was,
1: it was four nights and it was out of San Diego. It was a Baja cruise. And it
2: was an absolute Disaster. It
1: was kind of a disaster. (laughs) It's a disaster. That was probably to the point where I was
2: going to cancel the next Disney cruise and call it quits. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Whoa. Time out. Time out. So you you fall in love with the fantasy, and then this trip comes. When did the fallout begin? First off, were you looking forward to the Wonder, a smaller ship, or was it just a since it's on the West Coast, you guys are located in Seattle? Was it like, hey, it's just a West Coast cruise, or was it, oh, this is an expansion of something we already love?
1: For me, it was just that it was a West Coast cruise and it. Was out of San Diego. So it was gonna be close. It was gonna be easy to get to. We didn't have to take Nathan on a six hour. Still, by the way,
2: one of our if we can sail out of San Diego on Disney Cruise line, we love it. Now
1: we love it. But we had it was actually pretty tough though, because so he had never been on a cruise before. He had traveled before, but to visit family. And so it wasn't the flight that was an issue. It was on the ship. And I think Brian had a harder time than I
2: did. The real issue was, I think, we had done three cruises, just the two of us are with friends as adults doing adult things. We were able to kind of control our destiny. We get on the Wonder and we have, I at least had very similar expectations for the vacation. I was like, he's going to go to the kids club. He's going to have a fabulous time. I'm going to sit by the pool like I normally would. And he hated the kids club. He wouldn't go in for more than like 20 minutes at a time we were getting the notification. And so I was like, my whole concept around what this vacation is going to look like is totally blown away. You know, at the same time, he was still having what I would call meltdowns, which were really hard for us to deal with at the time. And so we got off that ship and I was like, I really think we need to think about canceling this week long fantasy cruise we have with I don't think we can do it. And
0: so, yeah. So that was October, 2019. And then, when was your week long fantasy cruise planned?
1: It was January, end of January, no, beginning of February. I
0: do. You
2: were right. I'm going to admit you were right. We did the two fantasy seven nights. We did the October one in 2018 with him. Then we went to Disney World in January, February 2019 and did this week long fantasy. Okay. So, so I was, was right. in there. Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. And that week. So the wonder out of San Diego was with Nathan. And then was the next, um, that was a 10 night, right? Your fourth cruise? Was that, no, no,
2: the, no. The, no. so it's it was uh, we did seven nights on the fantasy, just the two of us seven nights again, just the two of us on the fantasy in July, the thro- four night on the wonder out of San Diego then we did a seven night eastern Caribbean on the fantasy coupled with a parks trip with Nathan in I think it was actually February of 2019. I'm pretty confident.
0: So you were debating canceling that after coming yes. off the wonder. Yes. What caused you to go forward with it? Mostly the cancellation policy. probably.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also told him, so I think the problem with that wonder cruise was brian's level of expectation and i think that was the thing that i I try to tell people for their first cruise particularly with children like depending upon how old they are how um how much how extroverted they are like some kids love the kids club some kids don't some kids learn to love the kids club over time which is what nathan has become essentially it is just, you just don't know what you're going to get. And so if you come in with the mindset of, oh, this cruise is going to be just like the cruise I was on six months ago, where my kid wasn't with me, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. And so I think that was, it was just a mindset issue with Brian, I think. And I think.
2: Yeah, I had to go, I went into the next cruise we did with Nathan with a much more flexible mindset. I want to do this, but if it ends up being this, then that's what it is.
1: Also, my mom was coming with us on that cruise. So, yeah,
2: she helped watch Nathan a few Um, times, yeah.
1: And we were doing the parks trip, and we had this whole thing planned, and it involved my sister who was at the time pregnant so she couldn't come on the cruise but she was just coming to the parks and so it was like we're not derailing this whole trip just because we had a couple of bumps on this October cruise
2: I think you're being charitable with a couple of bumps but uh, yeah well,
1: <laughs> I am being charitable with a couple of bumps yeah. but be- we're gonna get through this we're gonna figure it out we just need to change our mindset you know we asked Nathan to be flexible that's one of the things with autism is rigidity we ask him to be more flexible but we ourselves need to be more flexible and need to sort of be more understanding and yeah and roll with, you know, maybe I wanted to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. Maybe I'm not gonna get to do all of those things.
0: So, so you roll into that Disney World trip, your love for Disney parks grows. You go on the seven night Another one on the fantasy. You guys sure like the fantasy dessert. And that cruise with managing expectations, such a good reminder for families, especially. And that one was a lot better.
2: Was a lot better. Well, it was, it was, I would say that one was good. Her mom did not like cruising at all. So that was it didn't like the cruise. Cruising with Disney didn't really wasn't her thing. Cruising the Eastern Caribbean wasn't her thing. The reason, by the way, we keep going back to that fantasy cruise is because we like the Eastern Caribbean is still one of our favorite go-to itineraries and so we haven't been on it in a long time and are very much looking forward to the next time we can go on it because it just became like we love the port stops the timing of everything seemed to work well so that's why we kept going back to it but yeah it was it was an okay cruise it, it was, was
1: better than the October one Nathan was starting to get used to the ship he really liked the midship detective agency he started to enjoy seeing the characters it was a star wars day at sea cruise there were a couple of really amazing interactions that we've talked about on the show before but where he saw R2D2 C3PO and Chewbacca and very much firmly
2: thought they were real really, wookies were real for him for a while and yeah. that
1: the and the robots were real too right so it was it was a there were some really cool moments i think that also helped you know, sort of reignite that, okay, this is something we want to do as a family, not just something we want to do. And
2: we immediately followed it up with a, you know,
0: 11 night Southern Caribbean, just the two of us. So what was not to love? Yeah. (laughs) So it's safe to say at that point, your love for cruising was there together for Disney Cruise Line, starting with Brian's 40th birthday celebration. It grew with Nathan, it sounds like with him, that day at sea, the midship detective agency, which is which is a great reminder for people with families trying to figure out which cruises to pick. Those, those small, but sometimes big things really can make a difference. At, at what point was, and I'll, I'll just say it straight out at what point did the full on addiction, this is us, begin? The 11 the nights the sin. Night. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'll tell you what happened
2: was that we made some friends on that cruise and we left. Like I left, so I'm a very introverted person. I don't have a ton of friends in my life just because I don't really put myself out there. And so I realized wait, we're in this like community of people where we have a shared and common interest. And that instantly opens the door to just like talk talking to these people. And so Tracy and Michael, shout out to Tracy and Michael. We've sailed with them many times, including Maiden Voyage of the Wish. They're going to be on the Maiden Voyage of the Treasure with us. Uh, They'll they be were on just our podcast
1: on, cruise. Yeah, yeah. They,
2: so they are very dear friends of ours now. And I think it was that eye-opening moment of like, well, this can be a place where we connect with people uh, in, a, in a kind of a fun way with a shared interest. And it's like light touch. Um, and it was just like the being back on a ship for 11 nights. So we, I remember we were having dinner one night. And we were all talking. and It was like night seven, I think. And we, we said, did
1: have a friend with us on this cruise. We did have a
2: friend with us on this cruise. And uh we were all talking and and he just quipped, I could actually get off the ship right now and feel like I had a really great time on this cruise. Like I'd be okay if this cruise ended tomorrow kind of thing. And we just sort of then joked to, but we have four more nights. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so why would we? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That's awesome. And I think that's a similar thing that a lot of us feel who are really invested in in the podcast with you guys is you get this feeling of, I really enjoy this. The ability to, unlike your father, get away from your your phone, uh, unwind a bit. Uh, So you're on that cruise, that's summer 2019. did you do a placeholder for another cruise after that one? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because <laughs> at that point, we weren't sailing concierge. We, we had not turned the corner on sailing concierge. So the placeholder made a ton of sense. And it used to be
0: a much better deal because you got that $200 onboard credit.
1: You got the onboard credit and the 10% off, not just the 10% off.
0: So when what when was the next cruise you booked on that one? Do you remember?
2: That was, we did, our next cruise would have been the marathon weekend sailing on the Dream, I'm pretty sure. 2020. 2020, before the world. Yes. Three months before the world shut down.
0: Yeah. So I know when the podcast started. So after coming off that 10 night, at what point were you guys like, we love this cruise so much. Let's find other crazy people like us and invite (laughs) them into our homes for an interview one day. Like at what point did a podcast sound like a good idea?
2: So I once I got into cruising, Sam has said this on the show before, like I'm an all in type of person. Josh can attest to this now, having seen the amount of equipment we probably have sitting around our house for podcasting. But uh, I'm an all in kind of person. And so I started listening to Disney Cruise Line podcast. So I was listening to Steve Creasy's show, the DCL podcast. I listened to Wes's show for a while, the DCL dude. I listened to Scott Sanders when he was still putting out his show. Um, I was listening to any podcast I could get. You were listening of,
1: to Park podcast at that point, oh, too. Road Radio. Yeah.
2: yeah. I wanted to learn about Disney. And Be to Our get, Guest
1: podcast. Yeah. I listened to a Welcome bunch home. of Welcome Home. That's how we got into DVC was because he was listening to like the My, My DVC Points podcast and the Welcome Home
2: podcast. Yeah. But so. but I started listening to all this stuff. And then I started like reaching out to these folks and being like, you know, do you ever, if you need a guest on your show, I'd love to come on and talk about our experience. And so I was on Steve's show a couple of times. The Rope Drop Radio guys invited me on a couple of times. And, but it wasn't until like February, January, February of 2020, that I came downstairs and I said... Sam, I feel like we could do this. I feel like we could have a podcast because at the time I was like, it'd be fun to like actually do this, like not just be a guest on somebody's show, but like, I feel like I have a contribution here, like to make to this like discussion. And so I came downstairs and I said, Sam, we should, we should, do, I think we could do this. And at the time we had this trip planned an adults only trip to Disney world or no, sorry, Disneyland, Disneyland. And we had planned all of this amazing stuff. And I was like, I don't know why I thought we should start a Disney Cruise Line podcast and immediately start with a bunch of content from Disneyland. But I was like, let's do it. Like, We'll use that as the start of this thing. And uh so she was like, sure, whatever. We brainstormed some ideas. I think she she will tell you that she totally thought, like, s- like three months from now, this will be dead and buried. And you know, it would have been an interesting
0: exercise, and I'll support. So, okay, okay. So uh, I have so many questions about, this is getting to the meat <laughs> yes. of it. So, Brian, you do what a lot of people listening do, what I did. I love this thing. I want to learn as much as I can. You g- take the one step further, which is maybe I'll say surprising as an introvert going, hey, I think I have a unique viewpoint. Can I come on your podcast? Was that a thrilling experience? Like, did you really enjoy it at the end of it? So I do okay.
2: talk. So one of the ways I meet people is through like a shared experience, right? So like at work, I'm not the person who's gonna invite a bunch of people out to lunch just to have lunch with them. Like I work with people and I develop relationships that way. And we kind of get to know each other through that. So like talking to someone about something I enjoy or know a lot about is easy for me. And uh, I actually think Paul Thornton, when he Interviewed us for his book, uh, he said, "You know, I'm surprised to hear you're an introvert." And I'm like, "Well, Paul, when I'm doing a podcast, like I'm staring at a microphone. I can't see whatever the thousands of people who are going to download it listening to me. Like, I, I don't feel like I'm I'm having that moment, right? And actually, I'm a decent public speaker, so like, I, I don't I don't actually get worried if I'm in public speaking situations. But I don't like meeting people." cold. Right. And so I think I in part I decided to do it because I wanted Sam and I to have something shared at that time. The only thing we were really sharing was parenting our son. And I wanted us to have some way to connect routinely just the two of us. But I also in the back of my mind, I think, didn't understand at the time, but probably had the seed of, I bet we'll meet people doing this. Like we'll get more involved in this community of people that I've really grown to enjoy. And you know, fast forward. Now we are fairly like we're friendly with Derek and Doug from Rope Drop Radio. And you know, I'm text them and talk to them or you know we've made met you as a friend we've met all these friends on board it's impossible for us in most cases to get on a disney ship without somebody knowing who we are and then we end up having dinner with them sharing a cabana with them whatever it is so it's created this like we've built this community that has in some ways enabled us to always sail with friends so we've taken that first fantasy cruise and replicated it right
0: yeah. And so you create these connections over the subject, which makes it a little easier. You see the value of you and Sam coming together in a shared interest with other rad people online, right? That's right. <laughs> and so Brian, here's the real question. Why start your own? And you said, I thought we had something to bring to the table. Um, for anybody out there who's a creator, usually it starts with this longing to create something you don't see in existence did you, did you have this felt need of, Hey, I'm going to bring something to the table that isn't there. Or was it, I just want to create more content that I enjoy. Like what sparked you to do this? So fast forward
2: to today, I've listened to far fewer Disney podcasts and I've always been a podcast listener. I always, it's funny, I always joked when I was a kid, like my dad listened to AM radio and talk radio. And I would always be like, God, when I grew up, I'm never going to listen to anything with music in the car. And now I listen to talk radio all the time, I listen to podcasts all the time. And what I thought there was a gap that I could fill was there's these great shows out there that I listen to that are not Disney focused. And then there's these other shows I listen to that are Disney focused and the formats are very different. And I think that there's something to taking the format of what they're doing over here and importing it over here, right? Um, I think there was something to, we initially started, I think our tagline was Disney podcasting elevated, which I sure, ruffled some feathers in the community. but <laughs> You but, don't think ours is elevated? But yeah. anyway. <laughs> but but I, th- but I but my intent with that was really like, I, not only do I want to talk about more elevated experiences because like, you know, we eat at Remy. We have gone on VIP tours. We have done chef's tables before, right? That sort of thing. And I didn't hear a lot of that discussion on these shows. And I was like, we can talk about those experiences because we're in a position to afford to be able to do those experiences and potentially help people who are kind of on the cusp of doing that kind of stuff better understand what those experiences experiences are like. You know, fast forward to today, we have a lot of those guests on who talk about experiences that not even we can unlock for ourselves. Um, so that was part of it. And the other part of it was I just really felt like I could kind of like... Some of the podcasts I was listening to at the time did not have the world's greatest production value. Um, some of them did. Some of them were fabulous. And I thought, I can, I can come in here and really up the story here in terms of what the production quality is like. Now, it took us many months to actually find our voice I think, in the community and for me to get comfortable really having a persona that wasn't just totally monochrome, you know, kind of like <laughs> thing. And people have commented on that. And it's fair. Sam was always the bubbly personality that she is today.
0: Um, <laughs> Sam's so great. Minus the black travel person. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I
2: thought I thought like we could do that. And it, it took us a while to get there, but we did. And it's the same thing I've been trying to do. Like we've been trying to start more vlogging. And one of the biggest stumbling blocks I have is so I don't like it Like I watch a lot of vlogs, uh, not Disney related. And again, I've watched vlogs that are Disney related. And I don't love it when it's two people sitting on a couch talking. There's not a lot of great B-roll going on in the background. They're trying to show you every second of their day. Like here's a 90 minute vlog of day one of my cruise. And I'm like, I don't have 90 minutes to devote to anything. You know, I look over at like vloggers like Casey Neistat, who's one of my favorite vloggers of all time. He can show you his day in 15 minutes in a way that is fascinating and tells a story. It has a beginning, a middle and an end. Right. And so I thought I'd love to do that. We haven't cracked that nut yet because it's so much more time intensive, as you know, Josh, to do the video side of things as opposed to the audio side of things. But that's kind of what I wanted to fill is like, how can I start to bring some of this great stuff that other content creators are doing into the Disney
0: community to just kind of up the game? And in the, in the creator space, there's a, a common phrase, it's called first or best. Either you're the first arrive to be the one to create content around a subject, or you come in a little later, but you do it a little better. You you want to do it the best. And I think that's really cool to hear, Brian. And I'll just speak on behalf of the listeners and Sam too, that you guys do create a depth of experience. Other podcasts, we'll just put it in the past tense, may have struggled with in the past um, that you guys brought a, a couple of things, quality and being here today, knowing the recording Equipment that you guys use. Again, somebody who's seen on the back end of things in my own world. Um, Second, um, quantity and and consistency. We all know we have a creator we love and we wish they would create more content. And it's through the consistent content that I feel like we've gotten to know you guys, your personalities, and you've been able to flesh out a bit where your voice and spot is. I'd say to anyone out there
2: who's thinking about starting a podcast, first and foremost, it is more work than you can ever imagine it being. That's one. But Two, someone gave me some really great advice I share with anyone who asked me about it, which is, if you're going to start a podcast, there's two things you have to do. You have to be there every week for your listeners, right? And if that's... For us, it's twice a week, but whatever schedule you set, you need to be there because the moment you're not there is the time that they'll go find someone else who is there, right? So you've gotta be there every week. And number two, people will suffer mediocre content as long as the audio quality is good. People will tune out terrific content if the audio quality is terrible. So they were like, you have to be good with your audio. And so thank you, Mr. Chad Pennycuff for those two pieces of advice that have stuck with us to this day.
0: And luckily you've created a base now.
2: Would you like a chance to sail with the DCL Duo? Well, we have an opportunity for you. That's right. Next June is going to be our first ever inaugural DCL Duo podcast cruise. And we have a fun lineup of stuff on its way for that sailing. We're going to be on the magic for a three-night Bahamian sailing out of Fort Lauderdale on June 19th, next year, 2024, with a stop at Lighthouse Point, one of the first sailings to go to Lighthouse Point. We are so excited to welcome all of you you, our listeners and fans out there to join us on this sailing. We've got some special things we want to do, including potentially an onboard recording of the podcast, which will just be so much fun. If you are interested in sailing with us, we would love to meet you. We always love to meet and interact with our listeners. So if you're interested, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash dclduo. That's mypathunwinding.com slash dclduo. Let them know you're interested in this sailing. We have a room block reserved, which means you've got opening day pricing locked in for some of our remaining rooms. So head over there, check it out. We'd love to see you on board with that. Thanks to My Path Unwinding
0: Travel for sponsoring the show. And now back to the episode. I know with creating there's a honeymoon phase and then comes the inevitable decline. So first off, you guys release your first episode, if I'm correct, February or March 2020. March of 2020 after we got god I still remember the awful GoPro
2: videos that we had and me recording on my iPhone with my my yeah. yeah oh.
1: It was right um It was like right when the world shut down.
0: Which is funny because a lot of podcasts came out a little bit after that. Yeah. But you guys, Brian, you were planning to do this before the world said we need more content at home, right? (laughs) Right. And so the, the, the pandemic rolls in your 10 future cruise credits are now getting lapsed, right? Because you can't go on these cruises, but you guys just start putting out content and really good content. It turned out
2: to be an unexpectedly fortuitous time to do it for like a couple of reasons. One is some of the podcasts actually just kind of shut down during that period. They just said, like, we don't have have content, we don't have content. So I I don't have, I don't, cruises aren't happening. I don't have anything to talk to you about. Right. So that was one. Uh, So we came in at a time to fill kind of a gap and decided to be pretty committed to it. And so people started listening because they were looking for the, the content at home, to your point. Two was uh it enabled me, like all the time spent at home that we would have been going out to dinner, hanging out with friends, all that stuff became time that I could spend figuring out how the heck do you produce a podcast? Right. How do you edit a podcast? What software how do I get do you need-
1: for a podcast?
2: All this sort of stuff, you know, and we're much more sophisticated about it today than we were then, but it provided me the time to learn and that accelerated so when we when the world opened up again. Now I'm a better, like if I start a podcast when the world opened up. I don't think we would have kept doing it because it was just too much work in that moment. Right. Third thing it did is there were a lot of people who wanted to talk about cruising who had no one to talk about cruising with, and like a lot of big names. And so I would reach out to people and just say, "Do you want to come on my show?" And they would they would be yes every time. It's like I have nothing else to do, right? So that's I mean that's when we got Aaron Foster for the first time who writes the unofficial guides. We had Lynn Testa on at one point. Uh, we were talking parks, any Disney content we could get, we would talk about, and it sort of became for me this moment of I'm never going to be afraid to reach out to a guest. I see a lot of podcasters hesitate, like those people won't come on my show. And if you know if it's Captain Kate McHugh, 100% agree, she's never coming on my podcast. She's got media relations, all this sort of stuff. But we reached out to a a reclusive author, David Koenig, who was one of my favorite authors. He was like, you know what? Why not? I'll come on your show. And what was really telling to me was I think a week later, he messaged me and said, wow, my book sales really upticked after being on your show. And I was like, wow, people are listening apparently, because at that time, too, I had no concept of what our audience looked like or how big or small it really was. So it was just fortuitous from that standpoint of people wanted content, we were there to make it and learn how to do it. And a lot of people who might otherwise not come on the show today came on and we were able to then develop relationships with them that have lasted. And now they'll come on as guests or there'll be references to us to other people. So yeah. Yeah.
1: I think part of that is also just like, we needed a social outlet, right? We were shut down. So that became- You did. I was totally content
2: watching Netflix. Fair, fair,
1: (laughs) fair. Brian is the introvert. For those who've listened to the show, you probably already know this. I am an extrovert and I'm kind of an extreme extrovert. And so I needed social interaction and I was craving that throughout the pandemic. And my only outlet for getting that was through a microphone, to be perfectly honest. So that's, yeah, it was really, that was a hard- time for me. And I think without the podcast, I probably would have been more depressed than I was.
0: And and just to take a minute for the listeners to remind them is what you don't realize is the amount of sweat equity in creating content, podcasts, videos, whatever it may be, your medium. And it's really interesting to hear. And I want to note, it's the small victories that keep creators going. Getting a Lintesta, getting... Authors that you don't expect seeing people leave five star reviews on Apple Podcasts, and and as a reminder, those are the things that keep people going. So if you haven't left a five star review, like I, I can take a minute and just say, as a listener, it means a lot. Do it if you can support on uh, you know a Patreon. I pay you know I support you guys I have for a long time because I pay more money to get less good content that I can't consume <laughs> on a podcast. Like seriously. And so just a reminder, if you enjoy these two, encourage them. Um, and and not just that, a lot of people listen to your podcast have connections, which is how you've already got them. But but don't be afraid to say, hey, you should really go on Brian and Sam's podcast. You should really um, pay for their next concierge cruise. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's, maybe that's too far.
2: That a step- that's, a, that's a verse too far. But yeah, I, I will say this too, like there was nothing, there was no more devastating a moment than we got our first one star review. I don't remember what it was at this point in time, but I remember it being just very grating. And at that point in time, too, it's like reviews were only trickling in. So we, we say this on the show a lot because I mean it, which is when you leave us that review, it just makes our day. Like it honestly, that that review is like jet fuel for us to like just keep going, right? Like just keep doing what we're doing. People are listening. Um, and I actually fully mean it when I tell people if you're listening to our show and you don't like something. Please email us. Like, please Don't share leave that. Leave us a
1: one-star review. Yeah, because I have no email way to. Re- I have
2: no way to respond to you about that. Like, you know, we had. A review left recently where someone who was complaining about like, I don't like it because I start the podcast and it starts in the middle. And I don't, and I'm like, I just wanted to be like responsive to that person and say, it's a teaser intro. It's like, a, you know, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little moment for you to get a sense of what the atmosphere of this podcast is going to be like before we dive right into the, the topic. And so um, I can't do that through Apple Podcasts. It's a limitation of the platform for the reviews. So I really mean it when I say, if there's something we're doing, you don't like, I want to hear about it because I want to figure out if it's something we should, we should address and fix, or if it's it's something that it's just not us. Like we did have somebody early on complain about the amount of time we spend talking about concierge. I I went back. I started like doing data and analytics. I was looking at the number of shows we were doing on it. It turned out to be kind of a blip in our in our recording schedule where we had like a bunch of episodes in a row about it. And we talked to our community about it, and a lot of them were sort of like, "But I like hearing about this stuff. It's it's voyeuristic for me. I'll never get to sail there, right?" And so and and pretty quickly we just landed on that reviewer maybe correct or maybe not be correct, but like we have made a decision as a podcast, our voice in this community is about elevated experiences. And we're just going to double down on that. And, you know, through doing that, we get to get guests like Benji from Laughing Place to talk about an around the world ABD because he knows we know how to cover that kind of quality of experience on the show.
0: Which, fun fact, I was at Starbucks today and they were mentioning my spirit jersey. And she's like, have you heard about the around the world thing? I was like, I just heard a podcast about it. from <laughs> the." <laughs> la- and she literally wrote down the podcast. So ah, friendly reminder that. to yeah. people. All right, one, one question I have is we're kind of winding down. Um, well, two, first off is this. What's one thing you wish people knew uh, about the behind the scenes of a podcast that you wouldn't have known until you did it yourself?
2: How hard it is. Like I, I say yeah, this, all the time, it is hard work. Yeah, it is hard work. It has become like a, almost like a small business that we run to keep up with all the social media, the audio recording, the guest scheduling. Um, there's even
1: when we're on vacation. I mean, I have to, I have to carry my phone everywhere on vacation and take video and, you know, take, make sure I take pictures so that we can post on social media. I don't
2: think it's a have to like, for, for, for me, it's like a, I want to bring the listeners along, which means I got to pack this equipment with me to come with me. I got to make sure that we're carving out, you know, an hour of our time, a couple of days during the vacation or three or four days, depending on the, to, to record the content. Um, you know, I don't get to eat a meal without pictures being taken of it first, right? So it, it's just understand that there's like a level of commitment that we have to bring the content that is a lot more than what you see and than just the hour or so episodes that you get each week. And, and, and I also share, it's way more expensive than you think. I mean, you can do this on a budget, but probably not at the level that we're trying to bring the content. And so it is a lot more expensive than I ever imagined it being. So yeah. yeah.
0: And and ultimately, it's it's a sacrifice to create content that you wish existed. That really um, is is a blessing and a benefit to us who listen.
2: The, and, yeah, I was going to say at the same time, constantly amazed and humbled by the fact that more than one person listens
0: to this show.
1: Oh, the one is right here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Last question for you guys before we get to what I'm so excited for. Uh, what's the future of the podcast? What is the, Is there a big next? Is it continuing doing what you're doing? Do you have big hopes or dreams or is it just to keep creating great content like you are? In
2: terms of future of the podcast, my commitment remains first and foremost, we are bringing you our actual opinions about Disney Cruise Line, good, bad, and otherwise. My secondary goal for the podcast, really two things. One is I do want to deliver more video content to the community just because one, you know, lots of people listen to podcasts, but YouTube is now like the largest podcasting platform that's out there. It is difficult for us to do that um, just because we want to be respectful of our guests. It takes a lot more effort and equipment in terms of setup for the guests to do quality video. Recording, but I really am trying to figure out ways to do that. Um, this podcast, hopefully, as an example, the, the the camera hasn't run out of battery. The, the other thing I really want to do is I do want to explore some alternative formats for the podcast. At times, um, I think the show format today is fairly typical of some other shows out there. I think we do ask, you know, some. I think we're we're adept at interviewing, so I think we get at some really fun questions um, that not everyone else might be inclined to ask. I look at shows like one of my favorite podcasts is This American Life and they do vignettes. And I just find that so fun to like, could I do a series of little stories about Disney Cruise Line as opposed to like a trip report um, and put those together through a thematic, you know, sort of thing. Not every episode, but, you know, maybe a couple times a year, it's more of a thematic episode with vignettes, right? I would love to get to a place where we're on board and I can break past my introversion and really just one-off ask cruisers about their cruise, like not sit down and do some sort of full blown interview about what they got to that day, but like really more of that like news reporting style where it's like you're on the maiden of the treasure. I mean, this is really one of my hopes is that we can get to this place by the time we're on the maiden of the treasure. You just walk up to somebody in the atrium, and be like, hey, I have this podcast. I just love like five minutes. Give me your first impressions of the treasure now that you've walked on board. What do you think, right? And kind of do that more show that's structured around those vignettes as opposed to constantly it's just, you know, like trip report with one guest over and over again. So that's, I think, my two aims is to really look at video and then think about kind of some of these more creative ways to do the uh, the audio.
0: Which, which I think is really encouraging to hear the realization of we know there's other content out there and to continually refine and adapt with content that really is enjoyable and looks at things in a different light. So many people have, have told us that they loved
2: this Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode we did for The Wish. And we desperately wanted to do it for the treasure. Spoiler, like I couldn't get the recording to work for the video. And then we watched the video. So now it feels a little disingenuous for us to go back and rewatch the video and record <laughs> it. Like, it's, yeah, it's less in the moment. Although we may still do it, right? We
1: might still do it though for like the what well, it was the christening for the wish wasn't it and no, it wasn't the it announcement was. The
2: christening was hilarious so yeah. we
1: i mean we might be able to get it going again for the christening when the treasure comes out but yeah to your point i think diversifying our format that doesn't mean we still won't do trip reports or topical episodes i think we want we want to do those we just want to be able to do some other kinds of formats as well i think we want to just keep growing our audience i'm become synonymous with disney cruising that if you want to learn about disney cruising like the DCL blog is, you know, synonymous with, D- with Disney cruising. So if you want information and you want it in blog format, you go to the DCL blog. St- Scott Sanders is doing a great job in that respect. I want it to be, if you want a podcast... You come to us, right? So that's. I
2: don't. I want to say this. I don't want to begrudge some of the other great podcasters no, out there. Not they're at doing all. a great job, and I love them deeply, and they are friends of ours. Um, so I'm not trying to put this out there as like we're. I never view content creation, especially in the Disney space, as like a zero sum competitive yes. game. Like I just don't. There's Disney people love to consume Disney content, and they will consume as much of it as they possibly can. I would love for us to be number one or two on the list of content creators that they're listening and watching. Uh, but if they're not, I also am fully aware not every show. Is for everybody. So, you know, we'll welcome anyone into the community, but doesn't mean you have to stay. So, yeah.
0: Well, I think we could talk all day and I would just say, maybe we have to do this again, guys. This has been great, but we need to leave some space for. It's that point in the show where we need to hand you over to myself, Josh, for some arbitrary questions, some arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment or the round we know as rapid fire. So I'll take it away. This is
1: so (laughs) weird. This
0: is so weird. Brian and Sam, I'm going to give you a unique round of rapid fire in that it's kind of standard because you guys have kind of said your answers, but also kind of special in that I have some surprise questions that you guys are experts in. And don't worry, it's not going to be too difficult. And I want to say this is not a dash of judgment. This will be the most intense judgment <laughs> you've ever I love ever it. Had. I love it. So first off, uh, we'll go in order of Brian and Sam because Brian will get to the point, Sam and I will bicker. <laughs> Who is your favorite Disney or Pixar character, Brian? I think I have to go with two, Baymax and Remy. Those are my two. Okay. And no, nothing else to say about that, Sam.
1: This is so hard because I love so many characters.
0: They're all my family. <laughs> They're Just pick one.
1: <laughs> They're all my... I'm going to say Dumbo. I love Dumbo. And I also I also love Remy. I have to pick the same one as Brian. Sorry, Brian.
0: Remy's a great character. He has his own restaurant. I mean, right. it's not really his restaurant, but you know what I mean. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brian, Sam, what is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? Brian. Oh that's actually a tough one for me Disney
2: or Pixar movie.
0: You ask these questions every day it's a tough, question. It's a tough it's, question. It
2: changes for me. So, okay, I'm going to give I'm going to give two again. So I love Ratatouille. We watch it all the time. But when we're on the cruises, I actually have a habit of constantly watching Disney Cruise or sorry Disney sports movies because I find them to be so inspirational and so I'm going to have to go with
0: Miracle. Oh, I was going to I was going to guess like maybe Mighty Ducks, but that's my that's my vintage Sam.
1: This is also I agree hard. I I'm Ratatouille is the easy one for me, but I love 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 The Lion King, like the old animated version, not the live action.
0: The good version. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I probably both of those cuz I, I Lion King has the music, R- Remy Ratatouille doesn't have any music, so.
0: Brian, what is your favorite Disney
2: song? Oh, it's got to be your welcome from uh, from Moana. Moana. Yeah, um, Sam,
0: is your favorite Disney song still "Surface Pressure"?
1: <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, that's a really good question. Um,
0: I'm experienced in Disney DCL Duo podcast. I know I I,
1: it changes. Like my favorite song changes. But yes, I think so. <laughs> I think so.
0: Or you ask questions and know the answer. All right. Um. So I'm going to ask you questions about Disney Cruise Line that you guys are experts at. And they're a little more specific. And I might create some own my own along the way. So um, what is your favorite Disney ship to get the quintessential Disney cruise experience? The wonder. The
2: wonder. 100% the wonder. The, the small ship experience. Kind of that original ship feel. Just that nice, understated elegance. I think it's like the perfect ship. And I will say this too, for anyone out there listening, if you haven't heard this before, even the crew will tell you there is something special about the Wonder. Because, you know, Wonder is a carbon copy of the Magic, essentially with some diff- a few differences, but people will tell you that the crew on the wonder, there is just something magical that's happening amongst them. All of them love being there. All of them want to be there. and We've experienced that ourselves. So the wonder. And
0: Brian, that is the correct answer. So good job on that one. <laughs> it, it's funny, like even um you think about the French quarter lounge, like, you know, like they, they redid the magic, but the one on the wonder is better. They redid the concierge lounge. The one on the wonder people tell me is better, right? The whole vibe. Um, Sam, what would you say? Quintessential Disney Cruise Line experience.
1: Quintessential Disney Cruise Line experience. I'm going to have to say the magic. I know that's going to be the wrong answer. Uh, if,
0: absolutely. Um,
2: <laughs> Says the woman who hates the aqua dunk. it's
1: <laughs> no, true. I, well, I don't hate the aqua dunk. I just don't like the aqua dunk. Let me put it that way. <laughs> Um, no, but the magic, she's the first, right? She's the first of her kind. She's also one of the two smaller ships. I agree. You need to go on a smaller ship to get that quintessential Disney experience. Um, the magic has a great set of Disney stage shows right now. And so I feel like it edges out on shows a little bit over the wonder on that. Um, I agree. There are some spaces on the wonder that are certainly better, but the magic is the original ship. She's 25 years old. She looks good for 25, you know, as far ships go. Um, and, and I just think, yeah, I think she's the quintessential Disney cruise line experience.
0: Okay. Um, okay. Next question. What is the best Disney ship that is best for kids,
2: Brian? Oh, the, the wish by far. I mean, it may end up being the treasure, but right now sailing the wish, the kids club is unparalleled and they took it to a next level. Like when we're on board, it's hard to get Nathan out of that kids club.
1: Agreed. The wish takes the cake. I would give fantasy and dream the next spot. I would say kids club is a little bit better than it is on the magic and the wonder. And then you've got midship detective agency. So that's why I'm saying those fall underneath the wish. But the kids club on the wish, unparalleled. And then you've got uncharted adventure and the incredible course. I mean, there's so much for kids to do on that
2: ship.
0: Great. Uh, best ship for concierge. Oh, the the well.
2: It's a tie for me between the wonder and the wish. I think I prefer the Wonder because there are fewer concierge cabins. You get a much more bespoke and interactive experience with the concierge hosts. But the best lounge in the fleet is on the Wish. And there is nothing like sitting on the sun deck that has a pool, which none of the other ships really do, at least not a pool with any sort of view of the water. The Fantasy and the Dream have like a hot tub or something. There's nothing better than sitting in that like cooling off pool as you sail out of port with a drink in your hand. It's just like, oh, I love it. I love it.
1: Well, while he's right, both are great. Wish and wonder. I'm going to say wonder, though, wins it. Um, That lounge is fantastic. The the deck, the sun deck, you can actually watch fireworks from the sun deck so you can have like a more exclusive experience for fireworks. You can't see the pirate deck party, but you can see the fireworks from that location. The smaller number of rooms, the more personalized experience in the concierge lounge, and you'll get a cabana. If you're doing a itinerary that goes to the Caribbean, of course, and you're going to Castaway Key, you will get a cabana if you're on the Wonder and the concierge on the Wish. It's a bit of a coin flip. So yeah, I think overall Wonder for concierge experience.
0: All right, let's keep this rolling. Best place on a Disney cruise ship. For a drink, Brian. Meridian. I love Meridian. Which is on what ship? Which is on the
2: fantasy or the dream. It's the bar between Remy and Palo. It's a nice upscale, sophisticated bar. They mix a really good drink, and you've got a view right out of the back of the boat as she's sailing. I think Meridian.
1: I'm gonna go with the Rose on the Wish, which is also kind of between Paulo and Enchante. It's Tucked out, completely out of the way, so you'll never see kids like anywhere near it. Beautiful, full-length windows on the side of the ship. It's just a fantastic place. And I know Honorable Mention needs to go to Hook's Barbary on the Well, wish. I was
2: just going to say, if you ask me where the best drink is on board a Disney ship, it would be Hook's Smoked Barbary. old-fashioned. Smoked old-fashioned. Yes. I've heard you say it yes. so many times.
0: I can taste it every time you <laughs> say it. But I'm not sitting in Hook's Barbary drinking. All right. Uh, favorite place to relax on, on all of the Disney fleet. The Rainforest Room on The Wish.
1: I don't do a lot of relaxing on board, to be perfectly
2: honest. The Concierge Lounge. <laughs>
1: but probably the Concierge Lounge on The Wonder.
2: It's a close second for me with the pool, the adult pool on The Wonder.
1: Yeah, that's a great location as well. But I don't do a lot of relaxing, to be perfectly honest.
2: Um, Favorite rotational dining. Favorite rotational dining for me, hands down, Tiana's Place.
1: I'm going to go with Animator's Palette.
2: But which one?
1: one? (laughs) Good question. Um, Probably on the fantasy because I like both shows. Well, to be fair, both shows are on multiple ships now, but the seven night itinerary on the fantasy always gets you both shows in animators palette currently.
0: Okay. Speaking of shows, this is an interesting question for you, Sam. Favorite show main theater venue, like not the show itself, but if you could pick one venue to watch any of the Disney crew shows on, which one are you picking?
1: Ooh, I like the theater on the Dream and the Fantasy. They're identical, so I can't really choose between them, but I would say, yeah, the Dream and the Fantasy is a little bit bigger than the theater on Wonder and Magic.
0: And there's a balcony.
1: Yeah, and there's a balcony. Um, I like to sit. I don't sit in the balcony. I like to sit in the what we call the orchestra. I don't have to sit in the very front, but near the front. Yeah.
2: Brian? Meridian Bar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that is the wrong answer Brian. <laughs> I just, I at least
1: it's true for I, him
2: if, if we're on a longer cruise I will typically go to one of the shows with Sam like uh, and I am a sucker for the Golden Mickeys uh, but for me it's more about for me it's more about the show and less about the theater so and I just don't go enough to know the differences so yeah
0: I just wish they would have updated Golden Mickeys to be Bobby Chapek so we have that burned in our memory that yes. terrible season but we digress all right, uh, a little more rapid fire on these ones. Favorite sweet food on Disney Cruise Line: the sticky bun in Palo.
1: Oreo cheesecake from embarkation day.
0: Favorite savory food Disney Cruise Line:
2: uh, oh, the the Mexican roll ups at breakfast
0: sometimes oh, on the buffet on on all the ships. Yes. yes. Okay.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to go with chicken parm from Palo.
0: Chicken parm from Palo. That's a nice. that's a good answer. Favorite Disney Cruise Line theater pre- production show, Brian.
2: You know, I am going to be the contrarian and take, just take points away. I love me some golden golden Mickeys.
0: I actually mm-hmm. really enjoy that it. That is so the wrong answer. That is so that's the on, wrong that's answer. That's honestly the worst answer. That is
1: the worst <laughs> answer. Sam,
0: bring us back. Is it still Beauty and the Beast on the Dream and Future on the Treasure?
1: It is still Beauty and the Beast on the Disney Dream. Honorable mentions go to both Frozen and Tangled. Beauty and the Beast takes the cake.
0: I would agree. Beauty and the Beast, Frozen. I haven't seen Tangled. I love Rapunzel. That was my That was my Frozen before Frozen became popular. So I'm looking forward to that on yeah, the magic. It's
1: a great production, but it's not Beauty and the Beast.
0: Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um bucket list cruise for you two. And again, this doesn't have to be a cruise currently yes. that Disney sails. Don't you love <laughs> that I get to repeat you guys and do what you say? <laughs> I love
1: that you're also doing it in my like mannerism voice. Yeah.
0: Like, I'm going to say the uh,
2: the Iceland, a cruise on Disney Cruise Line that goes to Iceland. I really, really want to do one of those. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. But um, so Alaska, for sure. But we actually have that plan. we don't have the exact one yet booked, but we know exactly when we're going to go. So setting aside Alaska... I want to hit all the parks in Asia and I want to figure out a way to get there by ship.
0: (laughs) Sam wants a magic floating flying (laughs) ship. It's called the Disney Adventure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And last question. This is a really tough one. So give as much as you want or as little as you want. You are now the Imagineers for the next Disney ship. First off, what do you call it? Oh, the Disney Imagination or the Disney Imagine. I've been saying
2: that it should have that name for I don't know how long. And it needs figment as either the atrium statue or
0: him hanging off the back. Yeah. Imagine. Good. Same. Okay. Taking the Imagine. Yes. Okay. And if you had to curate, let's just do three rotational dining spots, three production shows that, again, are already in existence, and one deck show. What, and you guys can work together on this or work separate, okay? I know, big question. This is the last one, so. Let's start with rotational dining. Three rotational dining spots from any of the fleet already, or or what we know is coming on the treasure. Well, I'd say
2: 1923. That's one of the best higher-end kind of like dining spots in the fleet.
1: I'm picking Animator's Palette.
2: Yeah, and then I would go with Tiana's Place.
0: Okay, so Brian's got 1923, Tiana's Place, and Brian, what's your third?
2: I would also go with Animator's Palette.
0: Okay, so same Animator's Palette. So
1: Animator's Palette... I think I would pick Rapunzel's Royal Table. I love it. And maybe Plaza de Coco. That could be the third. That would
2: be- Only if they serve chips and guacamole.
1: Yes, they must serve chips and guac.
0: I would say chips, guac, queso, and some pico de gallo, all is like one appetizer. Like, welcome to heaven. Yes. Perfect, yeah. All right, and then um, three stage shows. Brian, will start with you. Golden Mickey's. Because you're weird. Well, no,
2: I will go with if if, if I get to pick three stage shows, then it's probably what? Tangled, Beauty and the Beast. And I'm going to say the show yet to be named for the treasure, which I'm hoping
0: is a Moana stage show. If there's a Moana stage show, that's Sam and I would agree with that. But that's cheating. It doesn't exist yet that (laughs) we know. Sam.
1: Okay, so Seize the Adventure is your opening day show because it's fun and it's short. Uh, You got to have Beauty and the Beast. And then I'm going to put Tangled. It's a really great stage show.
0: Great, and then last one deck
2: show. What deck show would you pick? Oh, oh, pirate parlay deck party is the hands down best
0: deck show from that, the Wish. Yeah. yeah, with the rock concert, the the new styling. Yeah,
1: I have to pick the same one. It's the best one in the fleet by far. I mean, I I, I enjoy the classic sail a wave party. It's really cute for the on the magic and the wonder. But no, the best deck party is the pirate parlay.
0: Okay. And last question, guys, what's your next cruise?
2: What's next for you guys? Actually, as we record this in September, we have a three-night cruise booked on The Wish out of Port Canaveral for a Halloween on the High Seas uh, itinerary to Nassau and Castaway Key. That is the least interesting of our next up cruises. The more interesting one is our November cruise uh, Thanksgiving time, seven nights out of San Diego and going to Mazatlan, Puerto Vallarta and Cabo with no stop in Ensenada.
0: So, yes. I've never wanted to join you guys more on a cruise than that. <laughs> I know, one, right? that, would that would be well,
1: great. Well, actually, do you want to, you know, you may want to join us more if you know what we're doing in December, which is a river cruise in Europe.
0: Oh, wow. On that, ABD. Are all these going to be those first two cruises, the three of you with Nathan? Yes. yes. And then uh, the ABD one is with Nathan yes. too? Wow. So we have a lot of good content coming out here at the DCL Duo podcast from your guys' adventures coming up. We yes. hope so, yes. Well, Brian and Sam, you guys have been lovely guests. I would love to have you back on the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to come back, Josh.
0: But I think that's all the time we have for. Thank you so much for being here. Any way that we can plug your social medias or what you guys are doing <laughs> when you're not here? Well, I as honestly, just in all honesty, I just want to thank Josh
2: for. For, for one he came down from Bellingham to meet us live and in person so fun agreed to host the show prepared for this show more than we do for our own shows uh, hey, and look he, at his iPad yeah has yeah. just been a fabulous <laughs> there's nothing fabulous on my host. notes on my iPad yeah. by the way it's So funny. I want to say if you liked this show let us know because we will get Josh back down here and we'll do some more chit chat about Disney Cruise Line so yeah thank yeah. you Josh
0: I would just say if you can help the DCL Duo podcast do that there you go thanks everyone for being here <laughs>
2: All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney cruise line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night.